Hi, and welcome to Scream, a Scandinavian true crime podcast. For any photos or other bits of information from this episode or any other, you can head over to our social media accounts at ScreamPod, spelled S-K-R-I-M-P-O-D. Oops, hey guys. <laughs> Hello! Welcome back to the flakiest podcast ever. It's been a whole while, and we're sorry. Uh, we would have loved to prepare you for our absence. Uh, we didn't know it was going to happen. And so we were unable to, and here we are. Ta-da! <laughs> we are the absentee fathers who went out for a smoke, only to return, I guess, months later. And uh, we missed you, kid. Good to see you. You got, you got big, slugger. Anyway, if you didn't listen to our last upload, which was like... Chaos. <laughs> We are changing our upload schedule to a non-schedule, which basically means that we'll just be uploading whenever we have content, which will probably, hopefully, take some of the pressure off and hopefully inspire us to create more. So if this goes well, we'll all win. Exactly. If you think this podcast is good, if not, that ooh, that's a loss for you, pal. I'm sorry. I'm sorry we're back. Oh, they probably unsubscribed ages ago. Ooh, maybe we have hate listeners. That'd be fun. If you hate listen, please don't send us nasty messages. <laughs> but keep listening. Hello. <laughs> yes, keep listening. Sure. <laughs> okay, let's try not to waffle as much this time. Mm -hmm. um, as we mentioned in the previous upload as well, it's been five months since we've done this. So we are rusty. We are so rusty. I don't remember how to podcast. I don't think it was a skill I ever had, but ooh, it's gone now. I just don't think I even know how to be a person right now. <laughs> Nobody knows. The world is ending. <laughs> Today, I've got a good old-fashioned unsolved case ooh. that will kickstart our comeback with a healthy amount of frustration. You're welcome. My favorite. Let's go. I am going to just dive right in. During the night of the 8th of January, 1999, a house in Tonsosen was completely engulfed in flames. Photos of the terrifying scene made it onto the front page of newspapers all over the country the next day. The fire was so intense and burned so hot that when the flames finally died down, no doubt with the help of firefighters, only the chimney was left completely intact. Jeez. The rest of the house was reduced to burned and charred rubble. The occupant of the house was reported missing, and no one was sure if he'd been inside the house during the fire, or if he was safe and somewhere else. According to Uapodden, which is linked to the newspaper Upland Arbeidersbla, Police set up a perimeter around the house when it was safe to do so, and two days after the fire started, it was deemed safe enough to sort through the ruins and look for a potential body. Two days? Two days. Oof. An excavator was used for this, and it didn't take very long before a body was discovered. Not the most gentle of machinery. As is the case with many deaths that appear accidental, the body was sent for an autopsy to determine cause of death. The investigation into the fire continued in the meantime, but it wasn't like it was prioritized, as it just seemed like a normal accidental fire. 
which, especially in January, are unfortunately not uncommon, especially here in Norway. A lot of candles, a lot of fires, a lot of booze. Also a lot of fireworks. Oof, yeah. But this all changed two days later when the autopsy report was ready. The body was identified as belonging to 34-year-old father of two, Knut Eivind Mo. Knut did not succumb to smoke inhalation, nor were the burns on his body a contributing factor to his death. Knut had been shot. Oh, wow. In the head. Oh. According to the coroner, the gunshot wound he sustained did not kill him instantly, but lack of soot in Knut's airway and lungs indicate that he died before the fire started. So he, wait, hold on. He was shot in the head, but he didn't die instantly? Yeah. Oof. Okay, go on. I mean, he could have been alive, but unconscious. You hope. It just wasn't a kill shot. So all of a sudden, the police have this murder investigation on their hands. And in hindsight, the decision to use an excavator was very unfortunate. Yeah, not, not very, not, not gentle. Not, not, no. No. No, no. Really just kind of rummages through the evidence there. Four days after the murder had been committed, police were left with a crime scene that had been almost completely ruined. And naturally, this remains one of the biggest criticisms of the case, and also is probably the main reason why it remains unsolved. Oops. Valuable time and possibly evidence had undeniably been lost, but on the bright side, after the autopsy results came in, the amount of resources and manpower assigned to the case couldn't be criticized. So once they knew what they were dealing with, they did the right things. Which, in Norway, quite rare. Yeah. So while this was a huge oopsie on the part of the police, I do actually believe that it was probably a simple mistake. Yes. And not necessarily like gross incompetence. They just assumed. As you would that it's an accidental fire. Mm-hmm. It does beg the question, however, should all fires be approached in the same way and all be treated and investigated as suspicious until evidence suggests otherwise? Hmm. I say yes. Mm-hmm. Because if it's accidental, sure, you might have wasted some time and resources, but if it's an arson to cover a murder then you haven't sent in an excavator and just other gigantic machinery to fuck it all up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, this happened over 20 years ago, so things might have changed. I don't know. Interestingly, though, Uapodden mentioned that during this time period, there was an increase in murders across the country, and fires were especially popular as a means of destroying evidence. This time, like the late 90s? Yeah, and if this indeed is true, then yeah, the police should have been way more cautious when investigating the fire and the crime scene. Jeez, yeah, if it was a trend? Absolutely. But obviously nothing can be done about that now. The evidence has been lost, if there was any. No. So the police decided that the most useful thing that they could do now was to determine who had been in that area at around the time of the murder, and also if there was any suspicious behavior 
that locals had witnessed. Around the same time that Knut returned home in the evening, eyewitnesses reported seeing a man dressed in dark clothing walking down Eriksvai 33 carrying a white plastic bag. When eyewitnesses spotted him, he was apparently only a few hundred meters from Knut's house. The road he was on had no pavement, and many believe that this would be an odd place to walk, especially considering the time, which was the middle of the night. But you will probably agree with me when I say that I don't find it that weird, because I think that it totally depends on the area. Um, If there's no other way for you to get from point A to point B than to walk on the side of the road, like, wouldn't you rather do that than trudge through the woods? A hundred percent. Exactly. Because this was an area with mostly cabins, so there weren't that many people living there, and buildings weren't very close together, so it makes sense. And this was in January, so it's presumably snowy and awful, so you're going to want to walk somewhere where there isn't snow. Exactly. Because you'll get fucking cold and wet and freeze to death. It sounds very suspicious, and in some ways it is, but we also have to remember like where this is. And like I've gone out walking in the middle of the night on the side of the road in similar areas. Yeah, it's never struck me as a weird thing to do, I don't think. No, but when you think about how close he was to Knut's home and that it was on the same night as the murder, obviously, and he's carrying a white plastic bag, obviously, you know, it's suspicious. Yeah, but I mean, in a situation where they, did, where they don't really have any clues, everything's suspicious. But the fact that the eyewitnesses remembered it? Mm-hmm. I guess it does mean that even though they lived in that area and probably saw people walking around, that that particular instance was weird enough for them to actually make note of it. Yeah, like it's either weird for them or like it's someone that they don't recognize Hmm. or it just doesn't happen enough that you would forget the person that you saw, if you get what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, moving on. (laughs) A few hours after the initial sighting of the unknown man, at around 1.30 in the morning on the 9th of January, other eyewitnesses reported seeing what the police believe to be the same man walking in the opposite direction, reported by the first eyewitness. And as it stands, the police's theory is that this is the murderer. Ooh. So the same man. They believe it's the same man. Same plastic bag? Probably same plastic bag, same kind of clothing. I'm guessing that if you remember this stuff, several days later, there probably weren't many people out walking. Mm. Also January and Upland. Probably super cold. Yeah. Probably would not want to be walking outside nah. in the middle of the night unless you had to. Um, police were also able to gather information about what cars were seen in the area. And they're fairly certain that a total of five cars were parked in the vicinity of Knut's house around the time he was murdered. Five cars? At different times, I think. Oh, okay. One was a black station wagon, which was seen parked next to Knut's own car. The car had dark windows and was described as special. (laughs) And by that, the eyewitnesses meant that it looked like an American model, which I guess would be pretty special in Upland in the late 90s, maybe. Very fancy. Then a blue-gray car was reportedly observed parked in a way that 
blocked Knut's driveway. It was an older car, and although eyewitnesses were unsure of the make, they thought it looked like a Nissan or Opel Cadet. Speaking of cars, I was watching um, 90 Day Fiancé the other day, mm-hmm. because, you know, why wouldn't I? Mm-hmm. Um, and there was this one guy talking about his new girlfriend. And he was like, yeah, she even knows how to drive a stick shift. And that is a great quality in a woman or whatever. Yes, that's... Mm. <laughs> that's all we need to know. For when we inevitably perform our husband and wife heist, she can drive the getaway car. It's great. <laughs> okay, I'm moving on. <laughs> Witnesses also reported seeing a dark car, which looked like a Volvo parked... Um, in a, I've just written Parkeringslumme. Does that have a name? Wait, did I just not try to Google it? <laughs> well, it's I didn't find it, but uh, Google wanders if maybe I meant to type Parkeringslumme. <laughs> <laughs> you know when you have a parking flower and you just <laughs> a parking space. Yeah, they were parked on like a parking space that's just like on the side of a road. Mm. That you could just use to park in or use to help facilitate a U-turn on like cramped and like thinner roads. I wonder if it's becoming increasingly clear to our listeners that we don't know how to drive. (laughs) I know how to drive. Fuck you. (laughs) I just don't know how to drive in English. (laughs) And you can quote her on that. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, okay. This car was parked on the left side of the road. Roughly 500 meters from Knut's house, facing the direction of Dokka. And there was also a silvery gray car parked on the opposite side of the road, which was facing Fagernes. So they were parked in opposite directions. Mm-hmm. According to eyewitnesses, the boot of this silvery gray car was open. Really? Hmm. Dun dun dun. And that's all the information there was on that. <laughs> no further questions. <laughs> no. There was also a red car seen parked a few hundred meters from Knut's home. It's a lot of cars. It's a lot of cars, and I'm not sure if they have all been accounted for and the sources just haven't been updated, Hmm. or if these were all five random cars that no one in the area had seen before. Right. Everyone living in the area was extensively questioned to rule out any potential role in Knut's murder. And additionally, all those with a registered 22 caliber weapon were investigated and vetted. All those. How many? Quite a few. Oh, wow. You are going to love this part. Oh, I'm excited. So apparently, quite a few people in the area had unregistered weapons. Of course. And in the aftermath of the murder, they actually all contacted the police wanting to turn them in. Oh. Isn't that amazing? Oh. (laughs) Isn't that like the greatest thing you've heard all day? Oh. Faith in humanity a tiny bit restored. Just picturing this like group of dudes being like, well, I mean, we probably shouldn't have these anyway. Let's just, come on guys, we'll, we'll carpool. My wife knows how to drive stick. She'll, she'll give us a lift. Oh, God. At the same time as police were questioning pretty much anyone and everyone they came across, they decided to bring police dogs into the equation to see if any clues could be found in the area, as there certainly didn't seem to be any in the ruins of the house. If nothing else, it just makes their day better, doesn't it? To just bring a couple of dogs in there, boost morale. My day would instantly be better. 
So the dogs found a medium-sized Kubus sweater, which had several tears in it, and it was in the woods around Knut's property. Uh, we talking a unisex sweater? Are we talking men's, women's? I'm pretty sure it's like a size medium men's sweater. Okay. Police are pretty certain, like almost 100% certain, that the sweater did not belong to Knut, as it would have been too small for him. And also, none of his like close friends or family had seen him wearing anything like that before. So there will be a photo of it on our Instagram. It essentially looks a bit like a luskofta. Oh! Photos of the sweater were distributed by the media, and police actually received some tips as to who it could have belonged to. But nothing has ever materialized from this lead. It could just be a random sweater. This could also just be someone drunk in the woods and they were like, fuck it, I'm, I'm warm, you know? Exactly. Could be anything. Exactly. Even now, this police can't be sure that the sweater even belongs to the murderer or if it's just... A sweater. A rogue sweater. <laughs> so let's learn a little more about Knut. Let's. He worked as an aromatherapist. Oh, and he moved to Tonsosen after separating from the mother of his two children. He absolutely loved being out in nature. He loved hiking. A lot of nice aromas in the woods. He's essentially what we would call a friluftsmenneske. Mm-hmm. Which is essentially just someone who loves being outdoors. Someone who is quintessentially in a region. A little poster boy for nature. According to family and friends, Knut had no enemies. At least not that they knew of. And... Police kind of agree with that. They still don't have any idea who the murderer could be. They're unsure of the perpetrator's gender and if they were local to the area or came from somewhere else, which pretty much means that you can include almost anyone in the suspect pool. They do, however, believe that there was only one perpetrator and that Knut knew the person who killed him. Are they basing that on like a lack of defensive wounds or? Well, I mean, if you're shot in the head, you might not have time to defend yourself. Fair. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know what evidence they have to support this, if they know more than they've told the media, or if they just don't have a proper motive. Mm. Wait, what? That, didn't, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> no one else would have a motive to kill him. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> And if you're an opportunistic murderer, this seems like a really weird place to choose a victim. Yeah. But what do I know? I am no murderer. And certainly not an opportunistic one. You plan <laughs> months in advance. I found no evidence in my research to suggest that anything was stolen from the house, but that would be difficult to ascertain, as pretty much nothing survived the fire. But from what I gathered, I don't think that he had anything that was worth stealing and especially not worth killing him over. Did he, you said he had two kids. Did they live with the mother? Yes. Okay. Knut's murder is one of the most comprehensive weapon and alibi projects that Kripos has ever been a part of. The massive investigation resulted in a total of 1,352 documents, most of them witness statements. Shit. And at the time that the Vega article I used to find most of the information was last updated, which was in March of 2015, the police had received 362 tips and interviewed 924 people. That's massive. 
it seems like they put in a lot of effort, mm. which is terrifying because they can't even tell you what gender the perpetrator is. Because they still don't know. <laughs> so right now, the police doesn't have any information that can help them further the investigation along or reach a conclusion. And the only way this is likely to be solved is if more tips come in. Or if someone feels like confessing. Yeah. Of course, it's possible that the case can be solved, and the police have received many tips throughout the years, and they certainly haven't given up. Every tip that comes in is investigated thoroughly, and ones that point towards something they've already looked into are investigated again to make sure that nothing is missed or overlooked. So they are being very diligent. Mm, it's great that they're not just like, oh, well, we covered, we covered this. It also seems like the new cold case department will have a look at the case. This was decided in January of 2019. So hopefully at some point in the future, we can come with an update and let you know that it's been solved. Oh, that'd be great. Knut's unsolved murder has been featured on a variety of TV shows in the 20 years since it happened. In an episode of For Nemelse for Mord on a channel called Temenorge, two psychics were asked to look into Knut's case. Ugh. I know you're loving this. Tell me what they said. What wisdom did they? <laughs> the two women have apparently had the same or very similar visions. Mm -hmm. They believe that the murder was committed by two men and they gave detailed descriptions of what these men looked like so sketches could be made. Mm -hmm. Please tell me you have a picture of the sketch. Oh, of course I do. Oh, good, 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 good. And police even compared the sketches to photos of suspects and people in the area. But from what I can tell, nothing came from this, which isn't exactly a surprise. I mean, fucking big ups to the police for being like, you know what, fuck it, we'll, we'll have a look. <laughs> After the show was aired, police received 32 tips of which one was deemed to be of special interest. Hmm. Sheriff Arbo Osheim was probably not the hugest fan and told Vege, quote, to put it mildly, the police is skeptical towards psychics and never use them in investigations. <laughs> but we have to go through all tips that we receive. <laughs> A very, very like polite way of being like, they would not stop fucking calling. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And he said that some tips are checked straight away and usually don't lead to much more, but some are more interesting and start a more comprehensive investigation. Mm. Kiripos' top dog, <laughs> Arnehuse, has announced that he doesn't want anything to do with the show for Nemrasa for Mord. He told Vege prior to the show's premiere that it's pretty much on the border of disingenuous. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. I fucking love weird shit. Like, I'll read my horoscope, but I'm not going to trust it in a murder investigation. How about that? No. And I think the last time that the case was featured on TV was in 2017, when they covered it on Ostenorga. A very different kind of show. <laughs> yeah, a lot more legit. <laughs> yeah. And the police received almost 40 tips after it aired but these never went anywhere either. Mm. So we don't know who killed Knut or even why. I don't think that it really makes sense. It's fascinating to me to have an unsolved case where we can't even like 
go through possible scenarios because <laughs> there kind of is nothing to go off. I do agree with the police that it probably is someone that knows him because mm. otherwise, why would you? And just statistically, I mean, that is usually the case in most murders. Why would you try to cover it up if you have no association right. with this guy either? Like you could have just shot him and left. But also, I mean, the fact that they haven't even been able to pinpoint the gender of the perpetrator is interesting. Well, they just have no idea. Yeah, they have nothing to go off. That must be so incredibly frustrating. Yep. Oof. Excavators, man. Mm -mm -mm. Good for digging, but not digging for clues. <laughs> so yeah, that's my infuriating case. Hey, aren't you glad we're back? <laughs> this wasn't planned. This really wasn't planned. Obviously, this episode was supposed to come out in November or December. I can't remember. Last year. Hey, Merry Christmas. <laughs> And instead, it's like a welcome back after almost half a year. Woo. Well, you know what? We're back. How about that? It's a start. The start of something new. It's a start of the same old thing, but we're right back where we started and we're both awkward as fuck. It's the start of a new routine of... Yep, of, of this. Well, I think we should just leave it there. Um... <laughs> We don't know when the next episode is going to come out, but it will surprise you. Ooh, isn't that exciting? Ooh. We'll get you when you least expect it. It definitely won't be another five months. No. No. And it also definitely will not be within a week. How about that? Yeah. But any time in between. <laughs> who knows? Ooh. <laughs> but if you want us to upload other stuff... Like, if you just want us to talk shit for an hour. Oh, yeah. That is less work and less anxiety-inducing. So if you have any good ideas or anything you want us to discuss, we can do that. Yeah. If you want just some silly quarantine entertainment in these trying times, say knitting for an hour or a variety of K-dramas from, like, 2009. Ooh, we got you. It would be a fun episode for, like, I think maybe one person out there. Uh, but, ooh, <laughs> what a time. Or, you know, just any of the other things that we've also expressed interest in or talked about before. Literally anything. <laughs> okay, well, uh, until next time, uh, wash your hands and stay inside. Stay the fuck inside. Bye-bye. Uh,